Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. Hello, church. For those who don't know me, my name is Dave, and it's great to be worshipping with you today. Spring is here. It's a wet, it's a bit too wet for my liking, but spring is here. And as John Lamb would say, it's time to get out in the garden. There's lots to do. Those tomato bushes won't plant themselves. Well, that is unless you had kids last summer throwing tomatoes everywhere. Um, For us, those pesky tomato bushes, they're just popping up everywhere. They managed to find a way to cling to life, even in the cracks of the paving. I've been out in the garden. There are always jobs to be done, new projects to get started. There always seems to be a new set of holes that need to be dug more plants that need to be moved from one location to another because they're never happy. And then there is fertilizing to be done. Dynamic lifter to be sprinkled over everything. Ah, the smell of dynamic lifter in the morning, like you've both inhaled and eaten something at the same time. Who here knows the smell I'm talking about? When the final jobs are done, and you're finished for the day, you pack up, you're ready for a nice cool drink, you take those gloves off your hand, only to notice that you've missed something. And before you can stop yourself, you've shoved those gloveless hands into the soil, which is no doubt freshly turned with horse manure, and it just goes straight up underneath those fingernails. And you know, you know, no matter how long you scrub, how carefully you check both your hands. Tomorrow, you'll be in the office, sitting in a meeting, and you'll look at your hands and notice there's still some dirt that you've somehow managed to miss. And believe it or not, that brings us to the message today. We are continuing our series, First Things First, through the book of Haggai. This is week three, we're in the second half of chapter two, And today we get a crash course from Haggai in ritual purity. Haggai and the priests are having a conversation about what is clean and what is unclean. And how do you become clean and how do you become unclean? Before we read the text today, why don't I pray? Father God, we stand in awe of you today, the creator of the heavens and the earth. There is no one like you. How majestic is your name in all the earth. Your love and grace is like no other. How can we begin to praise you for who you are? As we read your text today, may we be reminded of your majesty, your love and your grace towards us. May we see the love and beauty of the gospel and commit to you once again. In Jesus' name, Amen. Haggai chapter 2 from verse 10. On the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. The dates are important. They bring context to the message. 
I know often when I'm reading anything, when I see names, when I see dates, my brain just kind of skips over it. But to help myself and you, let's go over those dates again. This book starts in Haggai chapter 1 with, In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. We're in 520 BC, in the sixth month, and a word has come to Haggai. And what was that word? It was a call to rebuild the Lord's house. The people had been doing their own thing. It had not been going too well. They listened to God and they begin to rebuild the temple. Chapter 2 starts with, On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. So roughly one and a half months later, the rebuild effort has started. It, however, is not going too well. And as we heard last week, Haggai reminds the people of the promise of God's future kingdom. And he calls for them to persevere even in the face of unmet expectations. And this brings us to the message today. Haggai's third message to God's people. We're at verse 10 of chapter 2 and two more months have passed. The people have been continuing to rebuild God's temple so let's see what message Haggai has for God's people. On the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Ask the priests what the law says. If someone carries consecrated meat in the fold of their garment, and that fold touches some bread or stew, some wine, olive oil, or other food, does it become consecrated? The priests answered, no. Then Haggai said, If a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these things, does it become defiled? Yes, the priest replied, it becomes defiled. Then Haggai said, So it is with this people and this nation in my sight, declares the Lord. Whatever they do and whatever they offer, there is defiled. Now give careful thought to this from this day on. Consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. When anyone came to a heap of twenty, measures there was only ten. When anyone went to a wine vat to draw fifty measures, there were only twenty. I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail. Yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. From this day on, from this 24th day of the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Is there yet any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive, the olive tree have not borne fruit. From this day on, I will bless you. Haggai starts a conversation with the priests about ritual purity. What does this have to do with building the temple? You might ask this, and I'm sure the priests were thinking the same thing. All those mornings memorizing the book of Leviticus come in handy for the priests though. Haggai asks, if I have consecrated food, and that is food that has been set apart for God, has been specially dedicated to him and I take this food and it touches some other food. 
Does that food over here automatically become consecrated as well? Is that food now automatically dedicated to God? Now, the priests know their ritual purity teachings. No, it does not. Haggai continues. If a person touches a dead body and then touches this food, does it become defiled? Does it become unclean? Is its purity damaged? Is it no longer considered consecrated? And the priests reply, yes, it's become defiled. And this is where Haggai brings the hammer down. Haggai uses the teachings of ritual purity as a parable for the people's current relationship with God and where the direction of the current rebuilding of the temple is going. He says, So it is with this people and this nation in my sight, declares the Lord. Whatever they do and whatever they offer, there is defiled. If the people think rebuilding the temple is going to make them clean, that it's going to make them right with God and fix up their current situation, they have another thing coming for them. They have been out in the garden all morning. They have gotten dirty. And now in the afternoon, they have gone to build the temple and they think somehow that that will make them clean, that it will wash away their morning's work when in fact all they have done is made the temple dirty as well. God's people have missed the point. Their relationship with God is broken and they think they can fix it themselves. They think that they can stick a band-aid on it Give God some lip service by rebuilding the temple and everything will be fine. God won't mind what they are doing with the rest of their lives. They were saying to each other, God is angry because we forgot to build him a house while we were building ours. Let's build God a temple. Then he will be happy and everything will be good again. Do you think God needs the people to build him a temple? the creator of the heavens and earth. Does he need a stone building to hang out in? God does not want a building. God wants his people with him. Verse 15 goes on to say, now give careful thought to this from this day on. Haggai uses a similar turn of phrase in the first chapter from verse five. Give careful thought to your ways you have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. God's people have been living their lives their own way, and it has not been turning out too well for them. He reminds them again of this from verse 15 of chapter 2. Now give careful thought to this from this day on. Consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. When anyone came to a heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. When anyone went to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were only 20. I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew and hail, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. Now, the people would have heard these words from Haggai and they wouldn't have been able to help but be reminded of the exodus from Egypt. God sent plague after plague, 
Yet Pharaoh would not let God's people go. Here they were, returned to the promised land again, a temple to be rebuilt, and now it was their hard hearts which were getting in the way. Was it pride? I'm going to prove everyone else is wrong. Was it arrogance? I know best. Better days are just around the corner. Was it stubbornness? I've started down this road and there's no turning back now. It could have been any or all of these things, but fundamentally it is the human condition. It is what leads God's people to continually turn away from God from generation to generation. And so I ask you today, is your heart hard? Is there pride, arrogance, stubbornness, or maybe something else you're holding on to, something that is stopping you from returning to God? Whatever it is, God wants you to let it go and soften your heart to him today. The text continues from verse 18, and this is still God speaking. From this day on, from this 24th day of the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Is there yet any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have not borne fruit. From this day on, I will bless you. I love this part of the text. It is the surprising heart of God on full display for all the people to see and hear. Before you have completed anything, before you have even raised a stone above the ground, before you've displayed to me your true commitment, I am for you, declares the Lord. From this day on, for every day to come, I am for you. I will bless you. I will never leave you or forsake you. The creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who is, who was, and who is to come, Yahweh is for you. How do you think that made the people feel? To hear Haggai share the heart of God in such clear terms. After just being admonished for essentially playing lip service to God and ruining everything that they had come into contact with, God says, it's all going to be okay. I've got this. Whatever you think you need to have done to fix this, I've got it covered. I'll make a way where it did not look like any way was possible. From this day on, I will bless you. A lot of things get broken in our family. I don't know if our family is especially good at breaking things, if we're all secretly super strong and don't know our own strength, but I have a feeling our family is not unusual in this case. Anyway, there seems to be a few different types of broken in our family. There's, that's broken, it's not important, I don't care. That's broken, but it still kind of works, and we'll pretend it's not broken. But then there's the, that's broken, it is important, and mummy and daddy are going to be really, really mad. This kind of broken normally results in the offending child running and hiding somewhere, while their siblings come as quickly as possible 
to find mummy and daddy and tell the story of the terrible, terrible thing their brother or sister has just done. I have a vivid memory of this happening one time. Not of what was broken, I cannot remember that, but I remember finding Gabe hiding, quite upset, tears running down his eyes, down his face, and if you know Gabe, when he's sad, he looks really sad. And I remember saying, it's okay buddy, Daddy was planning on getting a new one of those anyway. And the look of instant relief on his face, the shame and the fear of what he had done washing away was quite striking. He got up, he came out of hiding, he went and played with his siblings, and it was as if the whole thing had not happened. And I imagine this is how the people felt. You see, God already had a plan to fix what was broken. The people did not need to build the perfect temple for God to be happy with them. God loves and values you before you build anything. Haggai's message to God's people is a clear fork in the path moment for them. Down one path is surrender and obedience to God which will lead to blessing and success, a path that God so dearly wants for them, a path that can start right now, today. There is nothing more they need to build. To make it possible, there's nothing more they have to do. There's that path, but there's also the other path, the one they've been on and can continue on if they choose. This path is familiar and comfortable I've been on it a long time, where they call the shots, where they make the decisions, but it only leads to ruin and destruction. God reminds the people of who he is and then calls them to repentance. It is not only a call to return from their ways, but a call to return to him, to his blessing, to his favour. And we cannot hear the book of Haggai without hearing that challenge still before us today. King Jesus paid the ultimate price on the cross so that we could be presented clean and pure before God, that our relationship with God could be restored, that we could live in the blessing of his kingdom, just like God's people in the time of Haggai. The choice of paths is a choice that is before us, for each of us, today. And the question is, which path will you choose today? I'm reminded again of the dates we talked about at the start of the message. One month passed, two months passed, and each time God's people seemed to be getting off track and needed a word from God through Haggai to set them back on the path. That's one of the interesting things about ritual purity. Something that has been made pure, set apart for God, can so easily be made impure by those things around it. God has saved us, he has rescued us and brought us home. Yet the beauty and the mystery of the gospel is that our choices still matter. We have to choose God, not only today, 
not only tomorrow, but each and every day. God will help us, but a passive acceptance is not enough. God has chosen to work his will out through his people. It is an active, engaged relationship that requires two parties. And when we choose as a people to engage with God, it is amazing what he accomplishes through us. My last story to share, my kids are taking swimming lessons at the moment. They go once a week to the local swimming pool and they're thrown in the pool with a couple of other kids and there is an instructor there who's tasked to, you know, teach them how to swim. I don't know if you've seen someone who doesn't know how to swim, try and swim, but it does not look good. For some reason, I feel like humans should just inherently know how to swim like pretty much every other animal, but we don't. And it's fascinating watching someone learn to swim. It is all limbs flailing and water splashing to begin with. Learning to swim looks a lot like drowning without the dying part. But after lots of help and lots of practice, the kids start swimming and they get better and better. And if you've ever watched the Olympics, you see humans glide through the water in an almost effortless fashion, going at amazing speeds, a far cry from the flailing and splashing where it all started. We're called to choose God every day. And part of that is putting in the time and effort with God every day. And to yourself and those around you, that might initially look a lot like you are drowning. You question who you are, you question how you act, but I promise you, before you know it, you will be swimming and God will use your life to build something beautiful. God could have spoken a temple into existence, just like he did the world, but he chose not to. He wanted ordinary people like you and me to join together and build that temple, to put in the effort, to make the hard choices, to make the sacrifices, to choose God over this world each day. The actions of ordinary people is how God chooses to bring his kingdom and blessing to this earth. God calls his people to continually, faithfully, follow him. Will you follow God today, tomorrow and every day to come? The message of Haggai is that what you build as part of God's people matters. He, it will have an impact on this world. God in his grace and blessing will make sure it does. Let's pray. Father God, we praise you for who you are. We praise you for your majesty. We thank and praise you for your love. A love that in Jesus makes a way for us to be clean in your sight, to be part of your people in relationship with you. God, help us find our identity in you and not in what we build. Help us to continually choose you each day. Give us the faith and perseverance to continue to trust you when the times are tough. That we'll choose you today, tomorrow, and every day to come. Please bless and multiply what we build for your kingdom. Thank you that what we build matters. 
May what your people, these people build, be beautiful in your sight. May it lift up and glorify your name and may it be a blessing to this world. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.